Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. An emerging market and movement around psilocybin is proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. So that's why I'm pumped to have Schedule 35 as a sponsor on the podcast. Studies have shown that psilocybin works by creating new neural networks in the brain, which help boost focus, creativity, moon enhancement, and help fight addiction. Schedule 35 ships all across Canada and U.S. and is the most notable brand currently in the space. All products come with guides that make microdosing easy to understand. All customers will need to be age verified. Once age verified, 19 plus in Canada, 21 plus in the U.S., they will receive an invite code. For all of our products and to get an invite code, visit Schedule35.co. Our goal is to destigmatize and re-educate on the science and real-world benefits of psilocybin as well as make it accessible for everyone. Uh, I've been microdosing with Schedule 35, and I've found it to be quite enjoyable. Get 15% off with code MIGHTY at Schedule35.co. That's 15% off at S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E 35.co and use code MIGHTY, M-I-G-H-T-Y. Start living a life with deeper meaning, more joy, and self-understanding today. All customers will need to be manually age verified first before they're able to purchase from us with a discount code. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, standing six foot two, two hundred and ninety-four pounds from the South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's Johnny G, the number one fuck. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the high my studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabrus. Arthur, give him a shout-out. Arthur, sleeping on a pile of clean laundry for once, mixing it up from his usual, ruffling around in the dirty pile. Also joining me in the high mighty studios, first-time guest. I've listened to him on a bunch of podcasts and read him in several publications, and hopefully you've done the same. It's Bill Gabiri! Welcome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting to see the uh, the intro, which I, I have now heard many times. It's exciting <laughs> to see it actually being done, like on Zoom. Yeah, uh, like the you know, it, 
Like right seeing here. someone in concert. It's like, <laughs> right. it's like finally seeing the concert, you know? Yeah, if only you see the concert from inside their dirty-ass office as they're preparing to go camping. <laughs> hey, you know. That's my than... cover story. This is how I live full-time. Yeah, actually. better lit than mine. Which I'm, I'm in, like, my, my basement where it's like... It actually isn't usually this dark, except that there's a light right behind me. And if I turn that thing on, it just blasts right through the and screen. And you're backlit so, like crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. So so now I look like I'm, you know, starring in like a high school production of Silence of the Lambs. Or yeah. Like or or like you you have like Clarice Starling looking through the micro. Exactly. Vibes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> like reaching out, you know, scanning, scanning. Uh, Bill, I've, I've been a fan of yours. I first heard you. Uh, defending uh one of my you know a pet cause of mine is the film black hat so hearing you defend it on blank check and then realizing i had read you several times in vulture at this point and then tracking down all the other stuff you're talking about on twitter podcasts and uh in your publications uh, uh, we have very similar film tastes or at least like I, i think we have common amongst sure. male um, yeah. movie buff kind of taste but if you articulate stuff that i like about movies that i'm like that's exactly <laughs> what i'm thinking but i don't have the words i'm used to shouting emotionally but uh so like the the i was just like fuck it i'm gonna dm this dude and see if he's down to do another awesome. podcast with a stranger awesome. yeah so this it's is funny. so rad for me yeah oh it's funny it's because it's like uh, they're like all these movies that we you know that, that we defend you know, they weren't actually like super popular in the day. Like it was actually kind of brave to defend Black Hat in the day. And even before that, to sort of, you know, talk about Michael Mann movies as being like modern day classics, like they've slowly become that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I mean, I was talking about Miami Vice back when it was like really fucking uncool to talk about (laughs) Miami Vice, you know? I've liked uh, Miami Vice since I saw it in the theaters and arguably didn't like it, but I still uh liked it. I was like, no, will yourself to like that. That was cool. You just don't know it yet. And then it turns out I was right. (laughs) I I remember I did like a big action movies list sometime in like, you know, I want to say like 2010, 2011, something like that. It might have been a little later, but I remember I, I was wondering whether I should include Miami Vice in the list. And I, I believe I remember my editor at the time said, if you put Miami Vice on that list, we will have a riot on our hands. Wow. <laughs> and today, today, people would be really upset that it wasn't on. You know? Yeah. Um, and same with Tom Cruise. I mean, it's weirdly like you know, I, I wrote a thing about you know, back in I can't remember which year it was. It was, I think, the year before um, a right of his ghost protocol was coming out. Not Ghost Protocol, the other, they're all the Mission Impossible. They all blend, the colons all blend together, right? Like, why can't we all just go with numbers? Yeah. It'd be so easy. Bond, too. Fuck Bond as well. (laughs) What's weird about them is that, like, we never go by numbers. I mean, after three, you know, they don't use the numbers and they use the titles, and the titles are just evocative enough that you don't feel the need for numbers, but the titles also mix together. So you, the other day, some like I actually had to count down to to which like which ones they were shooting now. <laughs> yeah, it's like because there's because like it's like Rogue Nation, uh, Ghost Protocol. No, What's see, Ghost the... Protocol is before Rogue Nation. Okay, Ghost. Pro- so that's uh, the thing. It goes to three. What's the fourth one? That's Ghost Protocol. Fourth is Ghost Protocol. Okay, and then fifth is 
uh, Rogue Nation. And then seventh is Fallout. Like Fallout, I remember. Or not seventh, six. I guess it's six that's Fallout. But I always think of it as number seven, but I think it's number six. I think. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> dude, I am so. It's so confusing. It's so good. I almost <laughs> said Shadow Recruit in there, which I think is the Chris right. Pine, Jack Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, that's the other thing. So many movies and video games uh, alongside Mission Impossible started using like the vague two word postscript that yeah. sounds cool. Like, it all it all reeks of the knock list, like from Mission Impossible One, yeah. like a cool freight. Like Mission Impossible One could have been called Mission Impossible Knock List, yeah, and we would have been like, "That's sick!" Like, I've, and like it's just vague enough and just powerful enough that you're like, "Shit, I know exactly what Ghost Protocol is." Then you yeah. watch it and you're like, "Oh, I don't." We did they enact Ghost Protocol at some point? I think they did. I think there was a line they're enacting Ghost Protocol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think we ever actually found out what that meant. Shit, it's but been like, enacted. Yeah, but that's also like a really dad thing, right? I mean, it's like Frederick Forsyth novels, right? Yeah, um, you know, born supremacy or like the Aquitaine right. progression, and you know, I, mean, I have a bunch of these things, and I mean, even actually, the even the, uh, the Jack Ryan stories are yeah. like, uh, and and. While Some I'm bringing in, <laughs> yeah. While I'm bringing in my Fire and present danger, which one is which? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like one's with Defoe and one is in Colombia. It's like that's the same one. It's like oh, the other one is <laughs> the Irish with Sean Bean. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, yes, yeah. yes. Well, that starts to sound like the Seagal titles of the '90s too. All the three oh, word yeah. titles where you're like, Out for justice. Yeah, yeah. You're like hard to kill on deadly ground. Uh, which is the one with uh, the Jamaican bad guys? Which is the one with the Italian bad guys? And so yeah. you start to find yourself stereotyping these movies oh well. yeah and the, and the terrible thing with the Seagal ones is like one of them is good or maybe like yes. one of them is good or maybe like two of them are okay you know and the rest are terrible so there's actually like real consequences to getting the titles wrong you can you can like send somebody to see a real piece of shit <laughs> like, like oh you should see you know the, the, you know on deadly ground that's great and they go and see it fuck that's the one with Michael Caine that right, Seagal yeah. more or less directed that's the bad one <laughs> yeah, like, like, why did you send me to see that garbage this one ends um, with like a that one ends with like a PowerPoint presentation from Steven Seagal's character about the dangers of like oil drilling on native uh, on indigenous land or something. It's, You're like, it's, Whoa. It's, so it's so crazy that like this, this is actually a thing that happens with the Tom Cruise thing though. But like the '80s was so full of like right wing or like pseudo right wing action stars, um, and Seagal weirdly was kind of the almost lefty one. Like, like he was always kind of on the other side of the yeah. thing. Yeah, was like, he had like the back. He had, he was accidentally had good politics because he was yeah. about like the environment and yeah. stolen Native American valor. Him pretending yeah. to be an indigenous sure. person, but, but it was still a better opinion than like cops should be able to shoot whoever they want, which yeah. was like every or, other movie I watched. Or like we got to go back to Vietnam and kill a bunch of people. You know, like right. right. A, right? I mean, so many of those movies were about like avenging the Vietnam War or like avenging what like OPEC did in the 70s. Like this like this Chuck Norris movies and the Stallone yeah. movies. You know, it's like, under, you know, forged it's, in the fire of Vietnam, I'm now back, you know, yeah. uh, taking my uh, the American approach to Vietnam to the streets of my hometown or whatever. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. That and I always t I talk about this a lot. Like I couldn't believe like 10 year old Gabrus had a super strong opinion about internal affairs and was like, they need to let co cops do their jobs. And it's like, what? I have no, I, I have no, why am I care about this? And now I'm 40 and have, and I'm like, Hey, let's keep an eye on these fucking cops guys. Well, that's how they get you. That's how they get yeah. you. They're, they're like the movies made for 10 year olds that, that make you think, Hey, you know, and I mean, that's also right. That ties into our, our 
topic, Mr. Tom Cruise, because, you know, like uh, arguably Top Gun was a movie made for like, you know, teenagers and. Yeah, it was like a music video. A naval recruiting music video directed yeah. by one of the best st- stylish directors starring one of the cutest, uh, most charismatic men alive. Yeah, at the same yeah. time. Like that watching Top Gun Maverick this past weekend, and I watched Top Gun before it, and I was just like, Top Gun's one of those movies that when you're watching it, you're like, this is like good despite its pieces like if you describe it you're kind of if you describe what you like about it it's mostly like it looks cool in the sky and at magic hour <laughs> like it's yeah. pretty much and you're you'd be right in saying like it has it has great songs great action it's like but i feel like maverick does a little so- like i'll always have a soft spot in my heart for the original top gun but i feel like maverick's like okay we know what you liked about top gun but we need to have like it needs to be a, a cooler move, a, a fuller movie like Mission, oh, yeah. like I'm doing in my Mission Impossible movies. And you feel that with like Macquarie is on, the, you see his name on there, and you're like, well, this dude's gonna keep it tight. Use the, like and and just seeing like the third act where it's like now we got our two main characters in a cockpit together, yeah. and we're doing a fucking F14 heist. It's like yeah. you're like, oh, these guys, they know they've they've got it figured out. Like uh, they're always <laughs> making. I think. The reason we want to talk about Tom Cruise or the reason Tom Cruise comes up a lot is because even when we didn't respect him or were kind of not paying full attention to him, he was giving movies what they needed. He was oh, yeah. making the movies that we wanted kind yeah. of always, even when we were like, oh, this dude is so annoying. You're like, oh, Night and Day is actually a pretty strong movie <laughs> <laughs> You're like, or whatever that one's called. Well, well he hung on. I mean, he hung on. And, and, you know, a few years ago, I had to do like a Tom Cruise ranking for Rolling Stone, which is like totally outdated now. But I, I watched or rewatched everything he'd done. And, you know, like I, I grew up watching Tom Cruise movies. So. What a, a what a not pain in the ass assignment that is. You know what I mean? Like he has minimal like run of stinkers. Like that's the thing. It's like watching them all. You know, I had I, I had a lot of time to do. It. I had like three or four months to do it. So I did like pretty much rewatch everything, and and it was so great watching these movies, even the ones that weren't all that good, because you do get a sense of like what a kind of quality control he had over these movies because like with top gun he actually has a lot of control over that movie like he he and he and like a bunch of writers actually rewrite the character maverick and they added the whole bad stuff um and and then after that and you know he becomes so stratospheric as a star that he like actually you know exerted a lot of control over what was in the movies and also you know had uh, you know picked the right movies even great the bad taste. ones he's got even good the bad taste. ones you're like you know what? I feel like I was still entertained. You know, like Cocktail, not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like, I mean, you put it out today, you'd probably fucking win Best Picture, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, dude, uh, dude, the fact I watched The Tender Bar when it came out, a book right. I read, I, I, I'm an Affleck apologist, sure. and I'm from mm-hmm. Long Island. So I was so excited. It hits on all, and I put it on, and I'm like, Man, Cocktail is a richer story about being a bartender than this is. And this is based on like a beautiful memoir. <laughs> yeah. Cocktail sh- is richer. Yeah. Let me I got to show you this. I got to show you my uh, my Ben Affleck hoodie. Uh, <laughs> it's Ben Affleck with his Dunkin' Donuts order. Two um, cold brews and d- raining yeah. donuts in the back. Big it, Ben it, Affleck head over here. Also, oh, yeah. think he's a pretty great director. 
good director, good director. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and I think well, I thought the way back was fantastic. I thought he was so good in that. The uh, wait, which one is that? Did I see way that? back? Um, early like came out like a week before the pandemic hit. That was oh, the, one with the him basketball. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I never saw it, but I, I read the script yeah. because I was auditioning. Uh to be the bartender. And I wonder oh. what fat uh, comedy uh, adjacent guy got it. I'm curious to watch. Oh that. gosh. I, I wish I could remember. Um, <laughs> well, it's, um, was there a bartender in it? I guess, I mean, hey, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe it should have yeah, been excised. He, <laughs> yeah. He, he does kind of, he, he like, he, yeah, he, I think there is a bartender. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, no, he's, um, he's really good. And my son is like a huge, like crazy about basketball. So that one is like, Oh, Ben Affleck is a basketball coach. We, we have to see it. And of course, you know, it's not like a great basketball. <laughs> yeah, like he's like an alcoholic coach. Yeah. He's like getting his life together or whatever. Yeah. But my son was like so moved. Like he was like in tears by the end. And he was like, let's watch it again. And he wanted like we watched that movie like four or five times, like in the early days of the pandemic. We're like stuck, stuck at home. And oh, we're just watching awesome. like Ben Affleck alcoholic dramas. <laughs> you know, but kid. I remember yeah. being a kid and being that into a subculture or like a thing that you will like when you have that completion. Now kids have like a little wider access but i remember sure. when i was a 11 year old in the uh, 90s i was obsessed with navy seals and like oh, yeah. surfing and like the so anything that had the one of those two things in i sought out and now oh, yeah. that puts you as like a 12 year old kid watching big wednesday and endless summer and being like these are kind of weirdly boring <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I, and then and then you're like i cha like i read ev i was reading memoirs of navy seals who served in vietnam when i was like 11 or 12 years old because i was just so into i could, i could picture your son being like any port in the storm, this is basketball. We're going to oh, watch yeah. it. Uh, watch Joanna Man, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. He's seen all that stuff. Like <laughs> Mike. Butt, yeah. You know, like um, Mike. But, but that, I was like that with um, with sea movies. Like, I was I was obsessed with the sea as a kid. I was obsessed with, like, underwater stuff, sea monsters, you know, like, movies in which people, like, sailed out. So, like, you know, like, my poor grandfather had, this was back in Turkey, my poor grandfather had to read, like, Moby Dick to me. <laughs> the whole fucking thing. It was like, the Turkish translation was, like, 800 pages. I made him read it to me when I was, like, five or something, five or six or something. A poor man. Um, That's awesome. Solid. Yeah. Solid grandfather relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Um, but, uh, no, but, and I would watch just anything, you know, so, like, you know, I watched The Deep. Remember The Deep with Nick Nolte and Jacqueline Bissett? I don't know if you ever saw it, but it's not like considered a very good movie, although, you know, it has a special place in my heart. But I saw it like when I was six or seven. And, um, yeah, so it's about a couple that goes diving in, I believe, the Bahamas. And we had uh, a run of like, I remember we talked about it. We covered, uh, Red Star Six or whatever that uh, oh, Deep, Deep Star, Star Six. Six, Deep Star Six uh, on Action Boys, and we were talking at the time. There's like there's like seven fucking and the like in this time period. There's like ten yeah. underwater movies come out well, because well, this yeah. was like the late seventies, early eighties. I think this was like a combination of Jaws and like the Peter Benchley craze. So there were yeah, tons yeah. of movies about this stuff and like tentacles and orca the killer whale and all right. these movies um <laughs> and i remember i actually I, i've told the story on twitter once but like i worked on a movie set once with um richard harris and richard harris is like you know he's he's a man who was very proud of his his accomplished career and, and so like this is, he was like 66 at the time <laughs> and uh, we were shooting in moscow we were shooting on like this um this frozen lake and you know 
they had just uh, they had just like wrapped a scene with with Richard Harris in it, and he was walking across this frozen lake, and I was walking alongside him, and we never we hadn't met. This was early days of the shoot, um, and I was walking alongside him because he was going back to his trailer, and I was just you know going to get like you know a a, a bowl of gruel or something, um, <laughs> and and we're trying to and we're you know you're walking like very gingerly across the frozen ice because it's a frozen lake and um and i said hey richard you know uh when i was a kid you were like like maybe the first actor i ever kind of recognized and knew by name and yeah richard harris was like oh really you know he's very excited and I, said, yeah. I, said, I, I saw orca the killer whale as a kid and i loved it It was my favorite movie and he just looks at like his face just goes completely blank and he just goes <laughs> and he just kind of turns around and like mopes off in a different direction on the ice ice he's, cracking he's like yeah. it's fine <laughs> and that's actually like how I, oddly enough that's how orca the killer whale ends with him like sinking into the ice um but uh that's so i one time ran into peter stormare at uh it, uh Gelson's and said, "Hey man, big fan of your work." And he goes, "Do you work in Hollywood?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm a struggling actor." He's like, "Makes sense. Nobody else really knows who I am." <laughs> Just straight up. I was like, oh, "Okay." Well, uh, Bad Boys Two was one of my favorite movies when I was younger, so you're burned in my head forever. So I've wrecking, like you know, sometimes a movie's like a Rosetta Stone uh, oh, yeah. where you're like. If any actor from this movie that I was obsessed with when I was a kid appeared in any other movies, I could clock them oh, forever yeah. and be oh, like, yeah. that's the dude from Bad Boy. That's Alexi from Bad Boys too. So like randomly you get like some of those people locked in your head. Like oh, yeah. uh, uh, no- knowing like Apollo Creed is Chubbs is Action Jackson was like when you were a kid. You oh, know, yeah. Like, this rules. <laughs> that was me with Bo Hopkins, who actually passed away recently. But like Bo Hopkins was the guy at the end of tentacles who like gives the inspirational speech to his uh, killer whales before they go out and kill the giant octopus. And <laughs> and he, he's also in like the wild bunch. Like he's, he was in like tech and bomb movies and stuff. I mean, he's just in a lot of stuff, but like every time I would see Bo Hopkins, I, the tentacles guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to you, he can only be one person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's really funny uh, how they all, you know, you just like, glom onto an actor for like strangest reason and and you would think that that actor would be charmed by that if you ever told them and usually they're just mortified well you think about it too because it's almost like you're like oh bill i I loved you i read this article that you consider one of the worst things you wrote or something you completely disagree with at this point and and you have to be like ah well i'm so glad it's no nice to meet a fan you know oh yeah yeah orca i got my i fucking tore my acl on that set now i'm in i'm furious no, yeah, no, the, absolutely. It'll be like, a, or something that I just like, that got read really widely, but like I just like dashed off or didn't want to, you know. Yeah, it, accidentally it, it, became popular. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or has nothing, like I remember years ago, I wrote a, I wrote a review of, um, was the, the Transformers, I believe it was the fifth Transformers movie. Um, the one that had like, <laughs> King Arthur in it. <laughs> yeah, Legends right. of the Fallen or whatever. That the yeah. one that inexplicably had Merlin, King Arthur. Yeah, and that Lancelot. one. And, yeah. I, and I wrote, a, and I wrote, a, I hated it. And I wrote a review of it that was just like, it was just 
like I just smashed my keyboard with just you know like there were no actual words in it. It was just it was just you know like it was like a you know keyboard smash. Like, and You're was, putting in the effort on. Michael Bay is putting in. Yeah, so it's it was just fair, a, it yeah. was just a it was just a run of that, and it kind of went viral for a little while, and people covered. It. But like I'll still occasionally get people like, oh yeah, you know I read your review of you know I loved your Transformers review, and it's kind of like. Have you read anything else I've read? Like the other ones that have actual words in it, you know? Now, I wonder, we're talking about uh, giving compliments to minor pieces of work that people feel aren't indicative to their uh, oeuvre. What, what would you, what could you offend Cruz with? Like, what could you, if if you went up to Tom Cruise and were like, I love blank. Like, what would he, like, if, I guess if you were a huge rock of ages, but even, He's great in that movie. He's good I mean, that in movie that. stinks, but he is fantastic <laughs> yeah. in it. Um, he's here's the thing: he, he shines in a turd. Like he shines oh, standing yeah. amongst a turd. Like it's impossible. Like I think there's a couple of his movies that I just didn't love, and I think sure. that I think that would be like I don't. And I God knows how he feels about it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't, I didn't love the, I didn't like the Mummy at all. Uh, but he's like, well, I was. A, I enjoyed it as a character actor or as an actor. You're like, okay, fine, man. But he has so few stinkers and his stinkers are always at least, and, and stinker is like loose. Cause like oblivion isn't great, but it's very interesting. I, and, I love oblivion. Yeah. I actually, I actually love oblivion. Oh, okay, okay. Um, no, but no, but, I, but I'm but due I, for a rewatch after watching Maverick. I was like, what else did Kaczynski do? And I'm like, Oh shit, I should give this another. I feel you, like movies. Also, I'm sorry. I'm talking no, so no. fast, but movies have taken, for me, in the last five years, movies that I once thought were bad or at least weren't amazing, I'm like, let me go back and watch that because I'm so desperate for decent content these days. Yo, no, absolutely. That's, I mean, it, that actually ties in a bit to the, the, the Top Gun Maverick conversation because there is, there are, you know, there are a number of people, and I don't, you know, I don't think they're like entirely wrong, but, you know, who'll say, you know, this is kind of like the kind of, you know, summer action movie that we used to get a lot of, right? And and then, but then they also say, you know, Maverick is really good, but it's really because we're starved for that kind of movie. And, and it wouldn't have seemed remarkable back in like 1998 or something like that. But I, like, I really, really like Maverick. Like, I actually think it's exceptionally well made. Yeah, it's 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 better than it even had to be for me to yeah. be okay with it. Like exactly. it, it, it goes above and beyond. What yes, it exactly. To be. It goes above. Like it's like I was just waiting for a, a a good action movie, and I got like a fucking incredible action movie with things I've never seen before. But also, I was like crying my brains out. Oh my thing. god, my yeah. I, I'm weeping in IMAX. Is like yeah. the sub. Oh fuck, man. That uh, an example of what we're talking about with Maverick. Like we're saying, like. It didn't even have to be as good. Like it was for me, especially Die Hard, Top Gun, Tom Cruise, blockbusters that aren't yeah. Marvel fan. Like I'm just like so stoked for action movies, soft yeah. power, all the shit. And then they handle Iceman in a way that I don't expect from the level of blockbuster I'm expect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm thinking like. Great, we're gonna have like a dumbass, you know, wave cameo, and yeah. we owe oh, it to Val. That's and sure. then I'm fucking. He po- I'm bawling when Val when, Kilmer just when points he points. At it. Yeah, when he points to the screen, when he points, and the and the screen says like there's still time, right? And that's yeah. like the line, <laughs> and it's just and, and it's like I mean, 
it, it, it's it's sad because did you, did you see Val the documentary? I did yeah. watch yeah. Val, the, and it was it was hard for me. I'm a, I'm yeah. a big I'm a big Val fan, but it is also funny to watch like a sad documentary about uh, a very creative person that yeah. they are producing. It's yeah. got a it's got a little bit of a weird like playing it at Val's birthday party kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. No, but but also but the thing about it is, you know, I mean, he was such a and you see it in Val, like you see some of those early performances of his like the, when they show him like was it Hamlet doing Hamlet or something? Yeah, like that. yeah. And it's kind of like he's he's just trying a little too hard. There's like there's that kind of but like he really loves acting and he's so kind of into it. But it's like there's a there's a lot of overacting happening and 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 you watch it and you realize I mean, it really takes a very, all through his career, I think this is true, it takes a very strong director to really get a great performance out of him or a part that kind of just completely goes against his star persona. This is, he's like the anti-Cruz in that way. Like Val Kilmer going for the Val Kilmer thing never quite worked. It was always no. kind of nutty. But then Val Kilmer doing like, Holiday, <laughs> yeah. or real genius, like a straight up comedy, like he yeah, crushes real, yeah. us. Yeah, oh, yeah, and and and, and you know, I mean, obviously, top secret, top is secret. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that co- feels like it goes against handsome Val Kilmer vibes. Yeah, yeah. And, and and what's funny is like he, and it kind of worked really well in Top Gun because he's not a hero. He is, you know, I mean, he's kind of like Iceman has to, to overact. Like Iceman is over the top. He's kind a of, guy who it, like would be overacting in that yeah. scenario to begin with. He, Grinning, blonde, yeah. super soldier type. It's funny because back then we totally distrusted those types. You know, yeah, yeah. There was something slightly <laughs> Soviet about them, right? Right, and now that that's the five leading men of Marvel are. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Buff white guys with great smiles. Yeah, we're supposed to trust implicitly to help us. Yeah, and and but I think that um, but like the, the fact that he. He's like he's lost his voice and he's so subdued. Like it actually allows him to give a great performance in that part. That like like that little point and the expression on his face. Like that's not just you know that's not just the, the sad, a sad state of affairs with Val Kilmer. That's great acting that he's doing. No, you know? he he's so powerful in that moment. And when he asks who's the better pilot, and t- dude, Tom Cruise can do sentimental so well. I, I will say. Maverick goes melodramatic at parts, but I am not against it. Like, I don't use it as a negative connotation. I'm like, this is what I want in my giant summer movie. I want to be crying about a dad, crying about a best friend, cheering about a bomb hitting something I don't fully understand. Like, I just want that basic ass we did. Under two and a half minutes? That's impossible. Something I only learned about an hour ago in this movie. I I want the full (laughs) montage of, like, Bruce Willis on the asteroid with yep. his, you know, the montage of his daughter, like right as he, right as he dies. I mean, Armageddon has a lot of problems. It's, you know, in subjectively, I love it. Objectively, I think it's kind of a shitty movie. But, but like, we're allowed to love shitty movies, Bill. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, hardcore. On I can watch Armageddon and go, this is sappy as fuck, and then love every beat. I oh yeah yeah yeah. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. 
Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Look, Truebill has over 2 million users that's helped them save over $100 million. Like this dude, Matthew B., who in a matter of seconds saved 660 bucks for a year on his DirecTV bill, 120 bucks on a SiriusXM bill, and 840 a year on car insurance. Give it a go. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Mighty. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Mighty. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com. Slash mighty. I've heard it talked about uh, your your buddy uh, from Cows in the Field, which a oh, podcast yeah. I Dustin, found yeah. because you tweeted about. Oh, and I was awesome. like, oh, I'll check that out. I, you were on talking about a movie I liked, and I was like, oh, I should go listen to that. Went on and then started listening to all of their episodes, which I, I'm, I'm a great. huge fan. But Justin used the phrase guys being really good at their job as yeah, like yeah. a genre and I, that unpacked a lot for me that oh, yeah. i like the hyper competency hyper competency genre oh, is yeah. right so like armageddon hits that sports movies hit that top oh, gun yeah. hits that and i find that i think tom cruise likes that genre at least he likes to be a guy who's hyper competent in real life and yeah. so then all of his characters carry themselves in that same way too he's he can be low status while being the best at like whatever he does, but he he right. can't be low status by being not good at the, what the situation. Well, that's the for. thing is is is, and that's actually like a genre that's like a time honored tradition. Like Howard Hawks made movies about that kind of stuff. You know, right, like, right, right. Howard Hawks movies are basically about guys who are really good at their jobs and like <laughs> they hang out, they they hang around, just kind of. Uh, bantering and they go out and do their job and then they come back and they banter some more <laughs> somebody dies and they go yeah. back there's a little funeral and they go back down. Right. it's um I mean it's just the thing and it was, it was a whole genre back then I think Cruz is actually kind of aware of that stuff because I think he imbues Mission Impossible movies with that with that energy as well um, oh for sure and he 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 engages with it so intensely that he engages with it on a meta level in that yeah. He becomes hyper competent in Halo jumping oh, yeah. to have a scene where we demonstrate Ethan Hunt's hyper competency. <laughs> oh yeah, like, that's such a fucking cool. Like we we joke we joke a lot about it, but Tom Cruise can't die of old age or cancer or something. It'll like undo Scientology and well, yeah. like the and the. Uh, <laughs> I think he just or, can't die. Period. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if he dies. Doing a stunt gone wrong, I think he would be happy. It would have to be a stunt, though, in which like we, we never like recover the body. This is getting morbid, but like we like never recover the body. Like it's like a flaming explosion. So there's a chance that he just like entered another dimension or just like disappeared, but is still alive. So I guess it has to be like an Elvis type situation. <laughs> right, where, right, you know, right, right. Has uh, <laughs> to be mysterious. His remains never discovered. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe um, Zenu uh, grabbed him. Yeah, but um. No, no, you're absolutely right. And this is the thing. I don't know how many people have seen this. I don't know if you've seen this. When I first, so I saw Top Gun Maverick. Actually, I saw it last summer because um, I was supposed to write this big oh, right. piece about it. And and this was back before they had moved the release date. You know, so I went to the screen. It was like me and like two other people in the back. And 
Um, and of course, I'm just like crying my brains out. And of course, over over the past few months, you know, I would occasionally tell people, I was like, you know what movie's coming up that's really good? It's Top Gun Maverick. And people would look at me like I was totally fucking crazy. Uh, and then as soon as the movie opened, everybody was like texting me, oh my God, you were right. Um, but the before I, sc- before I showed it, Paramount, before they screened it, they screened, I think it was like a nine minute, 10 minute little featurette about the shooting of the big stunt in Mission Impossible 7, uh, which is the one where I believe he like jumped off a cliff uh, on a motorcycle, is it? And yeah. then, and and like the, the parachute of it was a, I don't remember the actual stunt. I just remember this like 10 minute documentary they did about the months of preparation and like the, the planning and the test runs and the, you know, the various things, that, all the little things that he had to, he had to you know, perfect. And then it comes to the day when they're going to do the stunt and it's, it's this real question of like, is he even going to be able to pull it off? Like, we got one shot at this. Is it going to work? Are we going to be able to do it? And they and they do it. And the thing we find out is that that day he did it like nine times. He did the stunt nine times. And, you know, he, he did it. That's how good he gotten at it. But this movie, this like fucking ten minute, like totally unremarkably shot documentary, was like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, I it's crazy you say it because. Cruz no Cruz no he has like a, his fingers on the pulse now is it because he sees a movie every week incognito uh, yeah. like he says yeah I don't know because he, he he never really talks about movies he's fans of like sure, he can't sure. really articulate like there's like a famous interview I feel like oh yeah he, I remember that yeah yeah he's just yeah. like man just, the spirit well, of magic cinema yeah. lighting <laughs> like he refuses yeah. movies to, like, <laughs> just yeah. love them love like all movies you know Rob Lowe in the nfl hat it's yeah. like yeah. pick a fucking team dude just yeah. say you like michael mann yeah. uh but uh cruz knows the power of movies better than i think almost anyone working like he released for the last mission impossible they released that really dope behind the scenes explainer of that car chase mm-hmm. and like how they filmed the motorcycle and all and like you're like oh that's so smart Everyone was talking about the Top Gun uh, featurette that they played before. I, I was late to the screen. Not late, but AMC really has got me arriving 25 minutes after call time and still <laughs> just sitting down just in time for Nicole Kidman. But uh, they were like talking about the Top Gun thing. Uh, you're talking about that uh, stunt. Like he knows he's like, this is the kind of shit people used to like about movie. And now yeah. you like when when he first, I think they broke open Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts with that uh, side of the plane thing from whichever mission impossible that is where they made like special contacts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Five. They made like special contacts so he can keep his eyes open in the scene or whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's awesome. And then that becomes a featurette. And then that kind of in the vein of how people getting jacked for Marvel movies is like accidental marketing. I think yeah. people in the cruise orbit or cruise himself was like, bro, Let's just do a bunch of practical stunts, get filmed the BTS, people eat this shit up. And he's right. He's oh, like, yeah. his taste of what he wants to do is like an antidote to what's happening in current movies, but without going fully against it. We're like, oh, blockbusters, oh, IP. Uh. And he's making IP huge uh global blockbusters yeah. but they feel richer and more specific than a lot of the other stuff we're and, getting for some and i reason. think part of that i think he's read he's read the market really well he's read the culture i think really well but also i think it's the culture has come around on because i remember for mission impossible 2 
which is the one Mission Impossible movie I really don't like. Um, yeah. I, think, a lot of and I think, kind of I think a lot of people yeah, agree with yeah. you there. I think and two and three are kind of whack, but yeah. I still, I still enjoy them to watch. Yeah. Uh, I like three. I mean, look, I'll watch any of them and, and I mean, it's John Woo, so it's not like a disaster. It just doesn't really work as a mission impossible movie. But, um, but I remember there was a whole thing about how he did the, 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 the cave, the, 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 the rock climbing stunt at the beginning. Right. Yes, and that one, yes. and it, that makes no sense that, I mean, it, it, I think it, it ties into stuff later, but like as a kind of setup of, oh, he's rock climbing for sport and he gets his little, and it's like, you know, it's, there's no, it has no context. To, like there's nothing in the plot about it. It's just, he's just, and it felt so show offy. And at the yeah, time it's it was like, so annoying. I mean, he's, got, he's got the floppy hair and it's just like, oh, fuck you, Tom Cruise. Like, what is this? You know, same thing with him riding a motorcycle in movies. You're like, I know you like to do that in real life. So it feels yeah. corny. Now I'm like, Tom, what else do you like to do in real life? Put it in a movie, <laughs> yeah, baby. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll eat it all up, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, so these things that felt like such movie star indulgences once, I think because movie stars have kind of gone away like back then it was like oh god this this vain asshole like why is he showing us this and now it's like hell yeah king you know we're dying for a vain we're asshole dying for it. yeah yeah we're dying, for, we're dying for a vain asshole to kind of give us the kinds of movies that vain assholes used to make as yes. opposed to you know, like like actor as auteur is kind of like hyperbolic, but sort yeah. of like when you would be like, I'm seeing a Steven Seagal movie. I'm seeing, yeah. seeing an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that yeah. kind of went away uh, oh, yeah. in our culture. And I think Tom Cruise is one of the few people that has, are you going to see the new Tom Cruise movie? Yeah. And I, and I think he's the fact that he's stuck with it is because I mean, his career looked like it was imploding back in, you know, 2006, 2007, whenever the, the Oprah stuff happened. Which, yeah. You know, and, and which I believe was during the there, there were actually there were two movies that were happening around that time. I believe the War of the Worlds was one of them. And that was actually a big movie. That was one of his biggest films. But um, but it did seem like, you know, he had like replaced his publicity team. I think his sister had become his publicist and the whole thing. And there were rumors that he wanted to do it because he, he actually wanted to be more out words is Scientology and talk more about that stuff. And this, I mean, this is, this is <laughs> talking about misreading the culture. Um, <laughs> and, 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 but there's a great article by Amy Nicholson in LA weekly um, from around that time, which was about um, it's called how YouTube and internet journalism destroyed Tom Cruise, our last real movie star. And she kind of goes into like, she analyzes the whole o Oprah couch jumping incident. And she talks about how, it actually wasn't like Tom Cruise being a total weirdo. It was like the audience and Oprah, everybody was like egging him on. And he kind of like, he was like playing up to that audience in the room. Right. And, but which inadvertently on TV, it looked like he was, it was a, 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 a maniac, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, you know, and I think, I mean, Amy uses this piece. She examines Cruise as, as, a, as an actor, but she also talks about how just like, you know, it's like the beginning of like social media and viral videos and all this stuff. And it just does the rounds and it becomes this, this sensation and it makes him look like a complete weirdo. Um, it's, it's at a, yeah. we, for people alive now, for people living now, it was at a weird time in culture. It was, uh, it was when you could get, when you could go viral negatively yeah. before that, it would be like, 
there was just no way to catch the clip of him being weird on Oprah. Now there's a million ways. Now there's like TMZ and Best Week yeah. Ever and everyone's talking about it. I maybe even worked at Best Week Ever while this was <laughs> happening and was a part of the problem. And like, like there, <laughs> the there's <soup>. like, <laughs> yeah, the so, soup, the, all the these soup, things yeah. attacking him. But yeah. now it's the, the culture is moves even faster that if he were to do that today, it wouldn't be a problem for as long. Like it wouldn't stick oh. the way it's stuck back. There's too much bad shit now. And everyone's only the antagonist for like a day in it's the news. So quick. Yeah. I, I always like I, I, occasionally a friend of mine will like get semi canceled or something on, on Twitter. Or they'll say, they'll write a review and they'll yeah. say something in it that gets people upset. And they're, you know, they're, they're like, their impulse is always to go out there and defend themselves. And, and, and I'm always like, shut up. Don't say anything. Just stop. Don't give it any oxygen. Don't <laughs> respond. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. 24 hours, 48 hours. I mean, back when Trump was president, it was easier because it was like, don't worry. Fucking Trump is going to say something within the next 16 hours. Yeah, and people are going to be dunking on him, him and no one's going to care about yeah. your take on Jim. Yeah. Carrey. It, it's a, it's yeah. a, li yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a little different now, but I always tell people, just don't, just don't, don't say anything. In. Just don't give it any oxygen. It'll be fine. You just need to survive for a day. You know? Public figures in social media, the two pieces of advice I give you is uh, don't defend yourself. Don't dig in. Don't dig those heels in. Like, uh, yeah. let it wash over you. And secondly, never read the Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> never, never read never the read Reddit. Reddit. Never search your name in Reddit. Yeah. Uh, people are awful there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, hear. Yeah. I never search my name. <laughs> 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 um, no, but it's, it's, you know, but like, I think, you know, the, the Oprah incident, I think that happens right. Like, I think that's around the time YouTube is even first starting. Like, I think right, it's one of the right. very first YouTube videos, right? Because 2007, I think it's around that time. I think, I think Twitter starts around that time. And it just, it just comes at the wrong, the, the wrongest moment imaginable. Right, right. If it comes five years yeah. later, it's like, it, it comes and goes. Yeah. If it comes five years earlier, no one ever sees it. But yeah. when it comes out, it's just like, oh, we should practice the disgusting media machine on this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, and, and, I mean, and it was, and it was harmless. Is, yeah. and, it was yeah. harmless enough yeah. to not feel bad roasting it too. You sure. know what I mean? It wasn't like he killed a kid like drinking and driving or something like that. Oh like God, yeah, it no. was like corny enough that you could be like, Oh, and like, so it, it, you didn't feel bad piling on. Sure. And, and he, he met like, this is the only stretch where we maybe dislike Tom is like, yeah. uh, uh, and he somehow comes out of that. And I think the answer is a twofold of Tropic Thunder <laughs> which I which I can't even watch anymore with his character because now it like grosses me out and is maybe offensive. But uh, Tropic Thunder into he comes back with the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, yeah. And I th I th I think you're just like oh shit, and and he drops he 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 tries like a bunch of different fun kind of style, and then I think Jack Reacher is one of those movies that doesn't blow up but is so fucking good. Like that first Jack Reacher, the second Jack Reacher is uh, is, is like is lame. Is yeah. one of the five Tom Cruise movies I don't enjoy yeah. on repeat viewing, uh, and the five out of like fifty is pretty solid on his part. Oh, I think yeah. maybe we'll start going through his uh, filmography shortly, but I think that's when he he, he has like a, a negative, like a little shitty run. Like War of the Worlds is a is a, a good movie that does well, but he's in our he's in our bad graces yeah. at the time. Well, I think the other thing that happens is. Um, he, uh, 
you know, around this time, and also, I mean, there's the there's more of the Scientology stuff. This is when he like attacks Brooke Shields, right? And then, oh, right. And then he has the whole thing with Matt Lauer, which of course now, <laughs> back then he owned Matt Lauer, and it and seemed like he was being an asshole. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody. Yeah, well, it turns Matt out Lauer. Matt Lauer is also a, a yeah. different kind of asshole. Yeah, oh, great. But but um. But then, like, and the, and the Katie Holmes, I mean, there's terrible, terrible rumors came out about their marriage and everything. So it's, I mean, there's weird stuff going on with Tom Cruise, to be sure. And I think the other thing that happens around this time, because of this stuff, is he loses, he loses a big chunk of his female viewership. Because, like, that was, you know, like, I remember the thing about Tom, Top Gun that, you know, I don't know if, I mean, people who were around will remember is that, like girls like Top Gun, like women like Top Gun. And that yeah. was kind of like gung-ho action movie that, you know, that women enjoy, that girls enjoy. They, they, you know, there were not, there weren't any girls in the 80s with like posters of Sylvester Stallone up on, up, up, up no, in their but room. Tom, maybe, I'm sure there were, but like mostly yeah, less not. so than yeah, Tom yeah, Cruise, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like they were not into that kind of stuff, but like the reason Top Gun, I think, becomes so huge. Like I knew girls, like I had a girlfriend once who said that she had seen that movie seven times when it was in theaters, you know? And I had so many friends who were like, yeah, like in our like kind of friend group at the time, the girls were the ones who like made us go see Top Gun and were really into it. And like Tom Cruise was, you know, like that was actually one of the reasons why he was such a resilient movie star was that he could draw both male and female audiences. Yeah, he, he was, he was for a quadrant. Yeah. He was, but yeah. after his, after his meltdown, female audiences started to just stay away. And I think at that point, I think he realized, fuck it, I'm making Mission Impossible movies. You know, I'm making like guy movies. Like suddenly Tom Cruise movies became guy movies, which is not what they were back in the day. No. You know? As a matter of fact, it, up until this run that we're talking about where he goes into sort of, and he, and he has a few uh, slight detours, sure. but before he goes full like dude movie uh, Cruise, he really is trying out cool shit like oh, like yeah. i i miss that about like he's like he's he's jerry like he's jerry Maguire. he's eyed wide eyes wide shut he's ethan hunt he's yeah. interview with the vampire the you know what i mean like he's doing uh, dude you can look at <laughs> this is the other thing about this guy you can look at, at like any five-year run in his life and, and like if any actor had that those credits in those five years we, you'd be like oh my god what a run that person had but he has five of those five-year runs oh yeah he's, <laughs> well he was always looking he was always trying to work with like great directors and stuff and i Dude, think he's like yeah, a godsend so for these directors because it's like oh you know i, I for, for stanley kubrick to be like holy shit tom cruise and nicole kidman in my movie like you know i think it went both ways because he was such a draw that to get him it was like an instant green light you know, you didn't have to worry about anything um, other than whether he was going to give a good performance. Obviously, that was a thing. But, um, but like, I, I think it was, you know, he worked with Scorsese. I mean, he starts his career off working with Coppola. You know, <laughs> right, I mean, right. it's just like the guy, he, did, you know, he worked with everybody. And and he and the thing I, I will say, like, when I talk to people who've worked with him, the, they all say. And, you know, I mean, I guess the people who I'm sure there are people who had terrible experiences with him too but like the people who i who i've talked to who've worked with them all say that dude does in fact know movies like backwards and forwards like he will reference all sorts of classic films and stuff like that like he actually has like an encyclopedic knowledge of film so i totally believe it when he says he goes out to see movies you know i don't know why he doesn't just like i mean i as a film geek i would love it if tom cruise gave a 
interviewing. I mean, he doesn't give interviews, but like if he ever actually gave a proper interview where he was just like name dropping, like all right. these, movies, I, these like, directors yeah. I love. You, have yeah. you guys seen the new Garland? You're like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, I wouldn't blame Cruz for avoiding interviews based on like oh, yeah. what we're talking about. Something happened like 10, 15 years ago. We're still like, yeah, remember how weird that was? Like if I'm him, I'm like, I'm not talking to Oprah. I'm not going on fucking. You're, the only time you're going to see me is dressed as Ethan Hunt or dressed yeah. as Lieutenant or Pete I, Mitchell. I, I, I will go to the Cannes Film Festival where they will give me an honorary palm and show like a 20 minute reel of my of my movies. Like uh, you'll go to that. And that's great, you know. But, uh, you know, I, the other thing is like I remember so much of but you have to remember like he was a huge star at a really young age and and has had that kind of power for so long which also means i think that he's been kind of sheltered from a lot of things but um but there was that video that just recently it was an old video but like it was like doing the rounds on twitter recently which i think was a somebody asked him about um his divorce i think it was like they were asking about his divorce with nicole kidman and, and he kind of he has this like that sort of psychotic grin on his face and those laser piercing eyes. And he's mm -hmm. just like, you know, he's telling them that that was not part of the interview. And, and it's like, it's anybody, everybody kind of circulated. This as an example of how weird Tom Cruise was. And all I could think of was any celebrity today, if you ask them about their divorce, they wish they could give you that answer. Like That's just, he just has the power to be able to say, fuck you i'm not going to talk to you about my divorce yeah now his divorce was i'm sure like totally crazy um uh, <laughs> oh i'm but, sure it's a very yeah. good story both of them both oh, yeah. divorces <laughs> but like but like that's you know i mean you ask i mean name an actor who got divorced like who, who the fuck wants to talk to you about their divorce yeah like, and then we're know? like oh tom cruise is a whack job it's yeah. you don't talk to a stranger about his divorce yeah, he's like the to... one he's like the one celebrity with the power to not have to talk to you about to not have to talk to you about their divorce. I mean, that's the thing. I think that like that power is is something. You know, like he's had well, that keeps, for a long time. Let, and you're you're opening my eyes to something else about Tom here. He doesn't have that. Like now, a modern actor like would have like TikTok and Instagram, and we right. would like know too much about their personal life and shit like that and i think tom tom still lives in the like he's a little bit mysterious like oh, yeah. so you, you you could watch like like the rock has like ruined the rock <laughs> for me like i'm like oh i can't even watch old movies that dwayne johnson is in because all i see is like Terramina's number six in the global tequila market we're having cheat meals in honor of like he just kind of I know, like, I know I see the scaffolding too much with him by yeah. his own design, which is sure. clearly very lucrative for him. Yeah. He's, he's not a, you know, fucking he's a very, up his business. <laughs> he, has the, he has the image of a very accessible movie star. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I, I kind of miss the time of, like, you know, like, uh, on Action Boys, we always talk about how Pacino was like, we didn't go to the Oscars. That shit was lame or whatever. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. man, that is such a fucking cool attitude. And, like, that's not exactly the cool attitude, sure. but the idea of just like, no, I'm an actor. I do movies. I don't yeah. like sit down on the couch and talk to you about what I have for breakfast with my famous wife. Like yeah. that. I miss that time when people are like, I, I, I just do movies. Like I know yeah. TV, even where we used to, live in a world where movie guys, movie actors, uh, uh, men and women, sure. people would just say like, I don't do television. And yeah. now it's like, 
you if you said you didn't do television you you couldn't make enough money to not like to eat yeah like as yeah. an actor you have to do tell you have like john ham does h&r block commercials like with like what the oh, yeah. f- like anyone who like everyone everyone is like there's like selling out isn't a problem anymore and more power everyone get their sure. money get their bag well it's like they used some- to do the they used to do the commercials in japan where like nobody right. could find yeah. right? they would do their yes, exactly. commercials in japan make their money and then come here and be like aloof. <laughs> yeah, you know, like oh, I'm not into commercialism. Movie stars, yeah, you know? <laughs> um, and and I mean, look, I, yeah, and, and I actually having interviewed people and as someone who does interviews, like I'm always happy when somebody is willing to open up and is transparent or some version of, of transparent in that way. Yeah, or- but I also like having certain stars who are just like they're stars. You're not going to talk to them. If you do talk to them, it'll be like you know the one time in your life you got to talk to this person and you'll right you know. right i mean that kind of scarcity is is actually i think really important like, people talk about why like movie stars like we've like lost movie stars and there are a million reasons for that some of it having to do with you know like hollywood economics and all that stuff but some of it is also because the, the movie stars stopped being movie stars you know they, they just made themselves too accessible like you know, people actually would talk about like the Oscars, right? Why are the Oscars not getting um, any, uh, you know, like why, why, are the, yeah. Yeah, why are the ratings going down? And I think one of the reasons is because like it used to be like, this was our chance to see these movie stars. Don't we fucking see these assholes every day? You know, like, I, I, yeah, I think Twitter, about like, you know, <laughs> I think about it's funny. I think about John Favreau's show uh, Dinner for Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was I on IFC that. and I love that show. And I thought it was the coolest thing. You'd be like, oh, you never really see like you would have to get like uh, the director's commentary with some of the cast Mm -hmm. to hear actors talk kind of like frankly about what's going. And even then it was often too polished or too whatever. But party uh, dinner for five, not party of five, two totally different things. But dinner (laughs) for five was like you'd watch that and be like, man, that's cool. They're all like talk. And then you realize that's what podcasting is now. And everyone has one. So like. Like even if Dax Shepard becomes like an elite level like drama actor and he's doing stuff that we've never seen before, there's like seven hundred hours of him talking about his personal life. And, yeah. and I am using podcasts as an example because I'm well aware. <laughs> sure. That's the one thing stopping me from being an epic movie star is the fact that I'm <laughs> I'm so out there and wear my <laughs> life on its sleeve, not my absolute lack of talent. But uh, <laughs> like I, I feel like nowadays we just know every and and. It behooves actors to be like, I also do smart water ads. I also do like, hi, I'm an actor you like from movies. And now I'm on Instagram saying you got to get these socks. And it's like, it is because the job isn't as lucrative as it used to be. So you got to do a bunch of bullshit to keep your fucking uh, Bel Air house. And, And all this and this other stuff you're talking about, like we know we know too much about them. They're they're everyone's a multi-hyphenate like everyone's making de- like you know everything's about the deal it and it also feels like fandom culture has moved to like that movie made insane box office rather than like i love that movie oh yeah i, I feel like i feel like we all like uh creative started to sell out but not to the chagrin of audiences yeah like almost like we were like hey 
I'm fucking broke. I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like we're all kind of like, I am not going to judge you, dude. I would fucking, I do lotto scratch offs. Okay. Yeah. So I get, I get doing commercials, even though you're a movie star. It's There's like, some- it's like, you know, when, when you do the crypto ad, you know that you, you know that you've arrived, right? Fucking you're, Damon, you're wa- dude. You're, yeah. You're, you're, you're walking around an empty soundstage with like, you know, crypto signs around you. It's like, that's it. This is the like, pinnacle of your, of your, yeah. Matt, Matt Damon's one of those dudes where I'm like, you need like a non Hollywood friend in your life asap dude you need someone yeah. who's just like bud read the room a crypto ad like you're bare like people we're just holding on to still liking you but you keep like mouth footing yourself and there's yeah. a guy who if he only made movies good example stop yes. giving interviews or like when you're giving the interview like stop answering questions about shit that has nothing to do with the movie you're like you know i mean i have to hand it to matt damon like he actually has I mean, he has nine lives, like social media wise. Like he keeps getting yeah. like, semi canceled and coming back. And I like that. I love that about him. I actually think he's a really good actor. He he's a great like a actor, big... and I think he has very strong opinions that he stands by, which yes, I absolutely. also like about him. But and it's not like, ideal I, for survival. I think yeah. he's he's just smart enough to like have opinions and want to express them. And it's like don't go on the Bill Simmons podcast and talk about this <laughs> stuff. Like stop, you know. Do not answer any questions about Project Greenlight. Walk yeah. the fuck away, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think and I think part of what happened was there was a period of time when we really adored these guys for being that accessible. Like remember the I'm fucking Matt Damon bit? Yes. That, you know, uh Sarah Silverman and, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like funny, right? And I think I think the like it's like the siren call of that kind of accessibility. I think I'm just the cool, you know, I'm I'm just one of the guys kind of I can make, poke fun at myself quality. And I think they just sort of became so accessible and did so much press and so they were so available that people were like, well, Matt Damon's we're, we're interviewing. Well, let's ask him about Harvey Weinstein, you know, and it's like right, yeah, right. a terrible answer, you know, and, and it's just. Stop. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> it could, do what Tom Cruise has done, like take a page from Greta Garbo, and, like Marley, yeah. be like one of the aloof stars that you just didn't, like if they just, did a movie, you saw them. Otherwise, they were just like not there. You know, I mean, Tom Cruise bring does, back, like, bring back, born, yeah. uh, release footage of you training with elite level trainers right, to exactly. uh, get back into born shape. Take movies super seriously. Practical effects. Yeah. Promise squibs, and you are back in my good graces. Exactly, arguably a lot of people. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is like. Cruz does the, you know, he, he does the little featurettes that we talked about, very controlled, obviously hyper-produced, and they're very much about, I mean, that's the thing, they're about him doing the job, right? Right, even, yeah, yeah. Even when he did the little, I mean, that was so rare, that little video of him going to see Tenet, <laughs> right? Yeah, Which is yeah. one of the <laughs> coolest things I've ever seen. It's like, you realize that's him, that's the job. Like, he's like, we you know, because he's trying to keep movie theaters alive because he knows he's got these big movies that need to make a lot of money. That's a temporal pincer movement. That's a temporal. That is exactly. It's a temporal pincer movement. Um, you know, uh, cowboy shit. Uh, you know, that, that's exactly what it is because he is setting the stage for what he's going to do. I also, I also, I have this dream of like, Tom Cruise and Chris, Christopher Nolan making a movie together at some point, which I, I, you know, I honestly would not i guarantee christopher nolan at some point has gotten the call on the on the red phone to go go up into the hills and have a one-on-one with tc yeah. it, it, because 
like you've talked about previously, and maybe it, let's let's just go overall into his filmography a little bit here towards sure. the end, so we could talk about because it's wide ranging and a lot of bangers. Yeah. But he does seem to seek out directors that we, and that we that people like, and yeah. then adds him like finds his combo with them, and then every once in a while stumbles on someone that he can like. Like I think Macquarie recently is a great yeah. example of someone who gets him, and he gets, and yeah. who knows like. Macquarie's resume is amazing but who knows what their dynamic is like I don't understand it but it fucking it benefits me greatly so I want to keep that up but I I can guarantee he's like chasing down Nolan for uh, I I, I could picture him doing an Alex Garland movie in like five in a couple of years you know the thing is I wonder though if it's maybe a thing where he I think maybe the Tom Cruise of like 15 years ago absolutely and my, the question in my mind is, is he still that guy? Because with, with like Cruz and Nola, I feel like Final Cut would wind up being an issue. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, uh, <laughs> because, because I think he does, like, he was doing those auteur movies. And then like the recently, it's just been like, basically it's just like Doug Lyman and Christopher McQuarrie. And it's just Tom Cruise movies, movies yeah, to be honest. And, yeah, and they're just Tom Cruise movies now. I mean, American Made, I thought was really underrated. Like, underseen underrated like i dug that movie. I, I really like that movie and that's actually that's a great tom cruise movie because he's basically playing like the flip side of maverick in the 80s like he's a hot shot pilot graduated top of his class but he's <laughs> running drugs for the contras you know <laughs> right 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 i mean that's like that's the movie you like if i were doing a double bill of top gun i would not match it with maverick i would match it with american made i think that would be the kind of oh book. that's really um, fun i like that i like but that. um but like no and, and that's doug lyman so um but that's really the only movie in the recent past that wasn't like a tom cruise action movie well the mummy kind of isn't a tom cruise action movie because there's i, I there's no reason why tom cruise is in that movie like anybody yeah, makes could no have played that part yeah. in fact he's weirdly miscast and I think that was, but that's like the one movie he did with like a director who isn't one of these three that he keeps working with. So right, one right. wonders, and I know there was a lot of turmoil on that production. So I, I wonder if part of him is like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like, you know, well, I, and yeah. again, like um, track record proven, keep working with these guys. Please. Yeah. And these guys, yeah. I mean, Kosinski, I love Kosinski. Um, and McQuarrie has clearly unlocked the cruise thing. You know, Doug oh, Lyman yeah. is, I mean, Doug Lyman has made these great movies with him haven't made any money so it's like you're kind of waiting for it to, to come together at some point but it weird the, the lyman movies weirdly keep i think edge of tomorrow was Great. one of the i love that movie but it's one of those movies that was like when it was coming out people were like what is this when it came out people are like what is this and then like i feel like a few months later people are like have you seen edge of tomorrow oh the yeah. tom cruise like mech movie it's like yeah that shit's actually really good and there's a lot more going on in it than any trailer lets you know or whatever it's, and you're it's, like, what? you have to spoil the whole movie to right? get someone yes. to see the movie that's, like, the, that's problem. the thing you it's really hard to sell yeah. that movie because it looks like <laughs> such a generic piece of shit <laughs> right. and then you see it and you're like oh no 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 this is brilliant and it's also a great I mean, it's a great comment on the Tom Cruise persona. Like, I mean, he's like right. he's like recruiting people for the military at the beginning of the movie. He's like a fresh faced, <laughs> you know, smiling, you know, a handsome guy, you know, recruiting people for the military. I mean, that's basically Tom Cruise in the 80s. Right. And right. And, they just and then like, he's got to survive for right. a bit. And then he hacks it. 
Yeah. Oh shit! It, it, that's a great allegory for his career. You're right. He's like fresh faced, representative early on. Then he starts dying over yeah. and over again quickly, but he keeps getting chances because of the whatever. And it's, and it's and kind then, of fun watching him die. Like yeah, like, it's not even like there's worse Freda, deaths like, out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's definitely people dying in a worse way in the movie, yeah. like yeah. in movies in general. And then he he starts to hack the system of live die repeat. Yeah. Uh, starts to understand it. Starts to hack uh, what American audiences are looking for. Yeah. And then fucking crushes it for us. That's yeah, so and, and intriguing. Pairs up with a master. You yes, know, <laughs> you know it's kind of she, like in, in in this realm. She is both Scorsese and Paul Newman, right? You right, know? right. <laughs> um, Shit, man, that's a great fucking analogy. I like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like uh, the the thing uh, you were actually saying um, about how we became obsessed with box office and things like that. I love how Top Gun Maverick has sort of changed that narrative a little bit uh, because. It's such a big hit, but like, and, and and it's very gratifying to see it make that much money. But it's like Hollywood rediscovering the power of word of mouth. Like the you yes. know second week drop is like minutes ago, and I knew that was going to happen. I was like, this thing is going to hold like a James Cameron movie. Like it's going to be one of those things. People see it, and then they're going to be like, they're just going to go tell people. Like the way I did. I was at you know I was I was saying I was at my college reunion this weekend and. Half the half the people wanted to know about Top Gun Maverick. That was what people were talking about, you know. Dude, I and- feel like I feel like uh, the week before I it was open for everyone. Yeah. You, you 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 know if you're avoiding reviews like me or of you, but then you start to hear like people are like, and people really actually like it. And knowing full well I'm going to like it going in <laughs> because it's Top Gun and Stars TC and yeah. all that shit. And the trailer got me fucking wet. And then you hear from people like, and it's act- and like from people who you don't expect it from. So oh, yeah. it's actually a pretty good movie. And then <laughs> I think you just get that on a massive scale after the first week where all the Top Gun heads that were going to be there, all the opening weekend big blockbuster movie heads are going to be there. But then people like my mom who go to movies if she hears from enough friends that it's actually yeah. really good, Jonathan. And it's like my mom saw Top Gun. And like, and not by me telling her, but she's like, well, some of the girls were saying that everyone loved Top Gun. So we went to go see it and we loved it. And I'm like, and and that's the other thing. It backs it up. It backs up that attitude of like that second week of like, you could imagine that second week to your friends getting the third weekend to your friends going like, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's like, remember when movies could do this? Like, remember when a hold was not a thing that never happened. Right. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I mean, obviously, this is an ex- exceptional second week box office hold. You know, I think by any measure, but but back in the day, this happened all the time. When the movie was good, it did it kept doing well. It wasn't like they just came in, made their two hundred million dollars, like fucked out of theaters, and then the other one came in and that made yeah. Its money. You could see a movie two months after it came out, three yeah. months after it came out, if it was a popular movie, they would like let it ride for a while, and you'd oh, yeah. be like, oh shit, that's still in the theaters. Let's go. We got to go yeah. see it. It's got to be good. And that's yeah. that's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Actually, the, you were talking about um, the Cows in the Field uh, podcast. I, I can't. I, I did a couple of them. But, uh, the one I did. I wonder if this was the one you saw was uh, you listened to was the one where I talked about in the Line of Fire. Yes. The Clint Eastwood movie, which yeah. I love, which actually 
in my heart has a place similar to Top Gun Maverick, where like, yes, it's another like really good '90s action movie, but it's a really good '90s. Like, it's it's really, richer than it has like, to be. It's like one of Clint Eastwood's greatest performances. Like, he's crying real tears in it, the way Tom Cruise it's, is crying real tears in Maverick. You know, well, it's the it's really Clint Eastwood demonstrates range in a single film for the first yeah, time ever. Absolutely. Too, where you're like, yeah, like it, it's usually it, one note, and that, uh, yeah. and then this he plays a few different notes, but they are his classic notes. And you're oh like, yeah, oh, absolutely, it's so good. And, and and it's but but it's that's also a movie that's like I saw that movie. I mean, it was a summer release, if I remember, or maybe spring release. But I saw it like two months after it had come out. You know, like I was actually, I think I was in like Turkey uh, for a couple of months, and I came back and I finally saw it. And I saw it two months after it came out. Like I, could, I remember being able to see these movies in theaters. Like if it was good, if it made a, if it was good, often it, that meant it was going to make a decent amount of money, and then you'd be able to see it. Like you could actually wait a few weeks to see it. It wasn't like you had to yeah. go see it, you know? <laughs> and I, I, this is solely the opinion of the host of this podcast, but I, uh, and I'm, other people too, I'm just not putting Bill, I'm not putting Bill is not co-signing this. It feels like there's so like the, the, the movie machine works on such the opening weekend level now that it feels like uh, one of my complaints about a lot of the modern blockbusters is they don't stick with me. And like, and this is a dumb sort of stonery man, uh, old man review, but like a movie that I'm still thinking about a few days later is usually how I like, I'm like, actually that movie, maybe I did like that movie. I can't get it out of my head, but I feel like a lot of these modern movies are gone from my head, gone from the zeitgeist, gone from the theater. Got, and then like onto a streaming service, uh, a dump site or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, it's just giving it that same amount of energy, like where I'm not fully like the theater. Uh, its performance is similar to my take on my my feelings yeah. towards it, where I'm like, it, yeah, it was fine. It was solid. Uh, cool. I saw Doctor Strange, too. It was fine. You know, it was fun it, afternoon. Never going to revisit. Never going to think about it. it, it not going to go. If it's still in theaters next weekend, you got to see it, people. It feels like a scam. Like, that's the thing. Like it, it like you get the sort of the sense memory of a scam. Like, even if the movie's pretty good, like, you'll watch it, it makes all that money, and you're there with, like, a million other people, um, and then it's gone, and you're like, huh, did I just get duped? (laughs) Yeah, it's like like watching a magic trick, like, and you leave, and you're like, actually, was that... Oh, he was just dealing from the bottom of the deck? Oh, man, okay, well, I'm not gonna go see that guy again. It's a a weird experience. It, It makes the theatrical experience seem almost kind of dirty to me you know i, I mean I, I'm, I'm in theaters all the time like I'm, I'm going to see everything but um but yeah there's this weird kind of like i just want like i i want things to stick around i don't know if this and it's weird because i shouldn't care about like i'm a critic i shouldn't care about box office i'm, I'm the guy who's supposed to like not you know be angry when movies make money or but unfortunately know, like, that's what's driving more of like i want the right movies to make money yeah sure so glad maverick made money uh and, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm fine, especially post-pandemic, I'm fine with bad movies making money. I just want anything that comes out to make money. Like, I did yes. not like Spider-Man No No Way Home at all. Uh, and I got tons of hate mail for my negative review. But I was very happy to see it make money because I was like, oh, God, this fucking theater's really needed. You know, really yes, needed. Yes, yeah. Like, you know, came at the, just the perfect time. But I'm so much happier with something like Maverick where it's 
hopefully going to stick around for a while and you know people will come back for repeat viewings and you know it's it just I'm feels- I'm stressed that we're going to have Maverick colon Hangman and Maverick oh. colon like Phoenix that's uh, a Top Gun colon Hangman Top Gun colon that's what I'm my fear is that it becomes like that the studios get the wrong idea like I just don't want them to be like well well guess what you're you told us exactly what you want. A Top Gun movie every I year. And, and I think that's part of another thing that makes the movie feel like a scam where you're just like the, the a lot of our movies. And, and I'm using Marvel, but there are like six other sort of subgenres of movie that can fit into this. But where it's like, yes, Marvel movie. But really, you're you're like this Marvel movie because the one that's coming out in nine months will feature one of these. Ca- and yeah. it's like. To know that far ahead is cool in one way, but it's also just means like success machine or at least like money making. And you're like, oh, doesn't feel like, oh, shit, this movie did really well and surprised us. So maybe that's what we're going to that's going to be a path or that's going to influence us in some way. Or, whoa, this new actor uh, is just arrived and he would be perfect to join our uh, extended universe. And it's like, but no, we already have these nine movies. Uh, clocked. They've got, and they've got like, the yeah. whole thing blocked. I mean, it's 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 funny, like they'll. They'll, they'll premiere the the logo for the movie before like you have to have a logo for That's your movie date? before yeah, you there's even a, make the fucking movie you know there's a release date for the teaser and a release date for the trailer and there's oh, yeah. a re- and the, a release date for the movie and then a release date for when it lands on streaming and you're yeah. like jesus they're getting like six rounds out of and yeah. but so and you saying that the trailer and the logo release it it has no tail but it has a super huge front porch. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like it doesn't last, but yeah. they, they stretch it ahead of time somehow where you're like, yes, get pumped for Captain Marvel. Cause we're going to reference her at the end of end, uh, at the end of uh, infinity uh, war. Warrior. And then, and then uh, blah. And it's like, Oh, but I didn't really like Captain Marvel. Doesn't matter. New Captain Marvel, uh, Rambo coming down the pipe, and she's in Vision, uh, in Wandavision. You're like, oh, cool. What's Wandavision? It's like, doesn't matter. It's over. We're moving on. Like, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, okay, yeah. And it's gotten and, to the point. Yeah, yeah, like I used to. I mean, I've, I've watched most of the Marvel movies, and I've liked a bunch of them. Like, it's not like I don't like these movies. I, yeah, same. I was like, you know, as a kid, read tons of Marvel comics as a kid, and like, you know, and I. I still haven't seen the new Doctor Strange, and I I do want to see it. I like Sam Raimi a lot. I was very excited to hear that it has a, it doesn't feel like a completely you know anonymous hack job. But but like the the trailers were all like you know Scarlet Witch, and and I was like oh, I didn't watch Wandavision. Like am I just going to be confused by this thing? You know. Right, um, right. <laughs> so like part of me is like okay, I'm going to go see it, but now I'm like kind of not excited about seeing it because i'm like oh god you know are these people you know (laughs) there's the other thing about these movies too that you kind of just touched on like the the big machine movies too where it's like oh i wish someone would just give sam raimi half the amount of money to make whatever he wants like uh or it's like oh good chris hemsworth who we both like from black hat has been tied up for 15 years being unable chris evans good actor yeah. haven't hasn't been able to do shit paul you know like paul rudd all these people you really like get kind of cut tied up in these movies and you're like and then uh marvel and other franchises and all these that you're like hey who did you love last year at sundance who had like 
beautiful taste on an interesting big swing movie that they wrote and directed. Great. They're doing the second Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. really, you really like that person? Well, they're doing Ant Man and the Wasp. We're oh. like, no, no, no. Uh, it's, it's 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 brutal. I mean, and and that's actually bring it back to Mr. Cruz. I mean, I think that's why he resisted doing sequels for so long. Like that was not one of his things. And then, like after Mission Impossible, you know, he does Mission Impossible too, and it, it's actually, I mean, he made a ton of money doing it, but like, you know, it seems like for a while he's not quite sure where to go with these, and then. Finally, he's just like, fuck it, we're just making Mission Impossible movies. And maybe I'll do like these one-off sci-fi, yeah. blockbuster type movies. Which and But Mission Impossible not, but- is like a great choice for this because it is refillable. It's not narrative in any way, like from movie oh, yeah. to movie. Like you're not like at all concerned with who Ethan's oh, yeah. new love interest is or the even who the who's in his crew or who are the bad guys. There's no like world that they have to maintain. Oh, yeah. So it's 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 refillable in a in a dumb way, but in like an A team way for me. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, just insert new bad guys and let's get let's exactly. rip it from the top. And, yeah. And and the last one, the the fallout, um Mission Impossible Fallout, I thought the opening of that was was just beautiful because it does this thing where first there's like this dream sequence wedding that he's had that he's you know with like oh, right. he's getting yes, married yeah. to her and the, the the priest is like the villain from the last movie and then there's like a big explosion <laughs> so like that dream sequence is like and I, you don't you, I mean I remembered her I didn't remember the villain um, and I've seen these movies a lot and but like but it kind of gave me just just enough emotional context to, to know what was, and he actually, um, the priest even like in his litany of, you know, in the, when he reads, when he does the like wedding vow, like, you know, you know, in sickness and in health, that kind of thing. But he talks about all the shit that, you know, Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt has put her through. Um, <laughs> so like right, right there, right. you get this like really quick synopsis of like the emotional stakes, boom. And then he wakes up, and he's like, I think in Belfast or something like that. And he gets his new mission and it is so incoherent. It's just like, just like five minutes of straight gobbledygook about like arms. <laughs> deal, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I had no idea what was happening, but I was like, oh, this is great because the shit I really needed to know, they gave us in the dream sequence. And now here's the like, here's this fucking mission. <laughs> we yeah, have yeah. to do. Go, you know? Yeah. And I, I thought and that like, was These are the so movies well. you just like jump in the river current and go like, uh, I will know when the bend is coming. Like, I, yeah. I, we'll catch yeah. up to what's happening here eventually. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that for these movies. Yeah, there was no like, mo- there was no point during that exposition where I was like, "Oh no, something's gone wrong with this movie." Like, I felt <laughs> like I was in sure hands when 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 I did not know what was happening, what they were saying. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know, like I know what's going on. I don't need to know what's happening." Like, you know, <laughs> right, right. it was perfect. It was I I love I love because that's actually like a really subtle thing for a filmmaker to pull off like confuse you without you know annoying you right right you yes know? yeah without you getting upset with them or lessening your enjoyment of yeah. the movie like nolan can sometimes do like tenet is like i have no fucking idea what's happening here tenet i love it i've seen it like 12 times dude you know? i i i loved tenet when i first saw it and again because it's people being very good at their job and nolan also has like uh, a style that i enjoy oh, thoroughly absolutely absolutely of course uh, yeah tenet so good love that movie I feel like you referenced 
Cows in the Fields episode about it or some other when it was out, you were talking about it or maybe you're on a podcast. Talk, I can't remember what the situation is, but I'm listening. Maybe you talked about Tenet during your Dunkirk episode, whatever it was. Uh, I was listening and I I was like, oh, shit, I got to rewatch Tenet. I rewatched Tenet and on the rewatch is when I thought about how if they're living parallel, like uh, opposing lives, Rob Panson meets uh, Washington and their best friends already. Yeah. And I'll, and then on the second watch, I'm like, and I was mad about how actually basic that is <laughs> that I couldn't. And, and then when I'm watching it, I'm like, this movie is so rich. He's like, of course you're not going to drink. He knows you're not going to drink while you do the job. Cause he's been friends with you his whole life. And it's like, it blows my mind. And I, I can't explain that to anyone else. And, and I'm like, I'm going to watch this a third time now. And well, I love that for myself. I, I love that because that's the thing. It's like, I, I love the movie. There's certain things about it that I can't explain. And I don't know, like, I keep watching it to like, be able to understand it, but I get so caught up in just, like, the movie that I'm like, ah, fuck it, I missed it. Like, right, right, you're like, okay, how exactly is they on, are they on the boat? Like, why does that, and then you're like, the part blows past because you're caught up in the excitement oh, of the yeah. movie, which, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that was intentional. Like, I, there's no point during Tenet. I, I know other people had different experiences. A lot of people don't like it, but I, there was no point during Tenet where I was like, I'm confused. I'm bothered. I'm annoyed. I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. It's like I'm confused, but fuck, I'm I'm like all in. You know, make it make it compelling and beautiful, and I I'm I'm gonna have a hard time walking away. Like, oh, yeah. like it could be as confusing as fuck. And I'm so self centered that I'm like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. It's not on me. That's intentional oh. from the director because uh, I'm smart. <laughs> and then, then eventually, movie ends, and I'm like, oh shit, I never got it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I, I am never. I mean, I I. I I've often said, like, I'm I'm a dumb movie viewer. Like, I, like, I think I actually I think my my secret power as a critic is I'm actually really dumb and I don't actually understand a lot of what's happening first time. And I often will watch a movie a second time for that reason. Like, whenever I can watch a movie a second time before I review it, I, I will do so. Um, oh, so I, I, I think- have sort of dumb guy movie fan on on the podcast Action Boys. Whenever a, a movie is referenced that's kind of modern or like uh, one of my co's Ben will go like Gabriel's probably liked it, and I was like. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like hey, dummy. Morbius. I thought it was fine. You know, <laughs> Dr. Michael Morbius. Morbius <laughs> is fine. You know, um, good movie. <laughs> you know, um, no, but it's it's like I actually kind of enjoy. I mean, Stanley Kubrick had this thing. He would say, um, I don't remember the exact term, but it was kind of like you have to make you know you have to repeat everything like three times in a movie so the dumbest person in the audience can understand it and i'm like i am that dumbest person and i this is why stanley kubrick is my favorite director because i'm always like all right i, I know i'm in good hands i know when well, i'm yeah, that's hands. probably why you're a lot of people's favorite uh, uh movie uh critic oh, yeah. because it's like i'm dumb this guy's dumb. I can understand what he's talking. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and right. You saying that right after I started this interview with like, and man, you were just like, you're just, you have similar taste to me, but you're smarter. And then you're like, I'm the dumb guy critic. And I'm like, actually that, that checks out. That <laughs> puts me. <laughs> no, I'm the guy. I'm like, I'll, you know, Gerard Butler, Liam Neeson movies. I'm, I'm there. You know, they're, they're just like, Die hard butler head over here. Oh uh, my god. Such a fan of Heat that I end up liking his uh Heat for Meatheads. Den of Thieves. Oh, yeah. it's absolutely Heat for Meathead. I, I think I I think I called it like Heat reenacted by trap muscles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's like, 
Trapezoidal. The varsity you know? football team puts on their production of heat. You're know, <laughs> exactly. like, oh, okay, That's cool. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, um, and I'm here for it. It's dudes being good at their job. It, it, and it if is, their job is crime, even better. It absolutely uh, is. It's like we, we need to, like, our Avengers is like, Tom Cruise, Gerard Butler, you know, Liam Neeson, all in like one movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, okay, let's let's just talk about a couple of different Tom Cruise roles before we sure. get out of here. Does he have any underrated performances? Oh, underrated. Well, I mean, American Made is... Yeah, is, I think that's, I mean, a, it's that's a, a solid one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of... Re- in recent movies, like I think he gives a very good performance in that movie, and I think the movie is really good. And I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, yeah, he, he's yeah. one of those few people that's hard to be underrated because, like, everyone has seen all the shit he's done. Every, every like, movie is yeah. huge. I mean, Magnolia is, you know, Magnolia obviously didn't make like $800 million. People know Magnolia as, like, you know, one the of movie where Tom Cruise says the C word. Yeah, <laughs> At least when I was a so, kid. <laughs> I mean, he's so good in that. That's He's so good in that. That's, I think, and, maybe his best performance or second best performance, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I, I could, I could give you that. I, I could believe that. Well, and he's, and he's giving a, it's such a perfect Tom Cruise performance, too. Like, it's not a Tom Cruise movie. Um, but like, no. it's just like they inject Tom Cruise into this movie and he's just like incredibly, toxic malevolent presence but he's also just like incredibly emotionally messed up i mean it's great and yeah it's also and having the most charming charismatic human being alive be awful on camera is an interesting experiment from fucking pta too because i'm like this is funny but what he's saying is bad (laughs) i would love it if if pta and Cruz made another movie together you know like that would be because pta has also become such a great director of performances yes and he also is is weirdly like PTA has now that quality of another guy who's kind of hanging on to the way movies used to be the way movie in a totally different way. He's not making action movies, obviously, but there is that sort of you know you know like last throwback last energy old quality old school. to every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, like, and and yeah. I, and so like I feel like he and Cruz because Cruz did Magnolia before Cruz became kind of the guy who was hanging on to you know the old way of making movies, right. and um, and so I feel like there could be something really wonderful if those two came came together again. But you know, again, I mean, I, I know on the Mummy there was like huge issues with Final Cut and Cruz in you know, director like fighting over what to do with the movie and stuff. So it's possible that Cruz is at that stage right now where he's just unable to work with like a real. A, a powerful author. I mean, Kosinski's a great director, but you know these are directors who I think will allow. Tom like, and Macquarie is a great director, but they are like uh, they know that they're make, directing crews. They're like, not going to yeah, fight. Yeah. They're not going to fight over a scene. You know, like yeah. I think they're going to defer to. But yeah. both parties have been proven <laughs> very right in letting yeah. Tom Cruise make those decisions. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's Absolutely. one of those guys where you're like, oh man, Final Cut. He should. Have. I give him Final Cut of a movie I'm making. Yeah, <laughs> like without yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, like, Tom, um, come in and take a look at this. You pick how it ends, please. Yeah, I mean, so I think that that. But anyway, I mean, the, to answer your question, I think American Made is the movie I would answer. But I think for a lot of people, there are probably still lots of people out there who haven't seen Magnolia, and that's incredible. That's just an incredible movie, and he's uh, he should have won an Oscar for that film. You know, he should, fuck yes, that movie he absolutely. It's so good. I for underrated. It's it's hard, but I think f- like when Collateral came out, P- 
people didn't give a shit about. Now it's got like oh, just yeah. like a lot of Michael Mann movies. Everyone's like that. That's a great example. Of we didn't so... know how good we had it when we had it. Oh, We're yeah. like, ah, oh, Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise being like not Tom Cruise being ugly and old. That's whack. And then you watch it now. You're like, holy shit. Why is it every movie collateral? <laughs> you know? yes. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. I can't believe we like we're like, ah, this because it isn't a great Tom Cruise movie. It's an amazing Michael Mann movie with an amazing Tom Cruise performance. But if you're a Tom Cruise head at that time and you roll into that movie, you're, it's going to be a sharp left turn. for you. And, and what's crazy about collateral is if I had to rank like Michael Mann movies, I don't know that it would even be in the top five. And yet when I'm watching it, I'm like, is this the greatest movie ever made? You know, like, <laughs> it's so great. You know, I, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, just, uh, I just, I love that fucking movie. I really do. Uh, do you have a favorite cruise performance? Like a personal favorite? Um, well, I mean, I have, you know, I have, I have my favorite, like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I did my ranking. So I have officially oh. my favorite performances are, you know, born on the 4th of July and Magnolia. But Oof, there's yeah. one there's one movie um, and it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it was a huge Tom Cruise movie. But like over the years, I come back to it and, and I and I think to myself, oh, he's really good. In this. Like, he's not just good in this. He's really good in this. And that is A Few Good Men. Um, yes. Because at the time, the story about A Few Good Men was like, oh, this is Jack Nicholson's. You know, he's got to win another Oscar for this. You know, and he didn't actually, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's possible he did, but um, you know, and that was and that was kind of done at the height of Cruz's popularity. When also, I think a lot of critics, you know, a lot of critics from that generation really still distrust Tom Cruise. So, like the older critics, to them, he's still the enemy because he's the guy making like the really mainstream big studio movies that make a lot yeah. of money and get he's making like, movies when these guys are cinema reviewers. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's the bad guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and. And I think a lot of those critics still haven't, you know, switched over to realizing that no, 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 he's <laughs> actually one of the good guys now. Um, but, uh, but I think that, you know, to a lot of those people though, that movie is was kind of a representative of just everything that's just bad, you know, like, and you know, it was I mean, not nominated for best picture and all that, but I, it was, you know, it was seen as fluff. But over the years, also. You know, courtroom drama, another genre that's like died that like I could just watch forever. Um, Bill got that's literally what I was about. I was yeah. li- literally about to say, and courtroom thriller, uh, journalism thriller. Uh, these are movies that I just have always loved. And it's and I want to jump in on. I said yes when you said a few good men because to me that that's like one of those quintessential nineties movies. And maybe uh, cause it's courtroom, but oh yeah. also because like number like 25 on the call sheet is Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's like crazy. when you watch those nineties movies and you're like, you're like, or like runaway jury. And you're uh, like, uh, we've just met the, the 48th actor in this movie. And it's Luis Guzman. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. we've had 47 more famous people than him in this film. Oh, all yeah. with like, you know, six days of work each. It's like, I just miss those days of like stacked, dumb casts of yeah. fucking. And- By the way, collateral, a stealth, uh, stacked cast movie. Like you yes. think of it as, Oh, it's just these two guys in, in, in a car. And like, 
fucking everybody is in that. Jason Statham yep. shows up for like three seconds at the beginning. You know? Oh right, yes. The guy and, and, passes the, the the suitcase over to him. Um, fuck. Yeah, you have Ruffalo as the cop. Like, Ruffalo? there's so much good shit. Like, so many good people in that movie. Oh yeah, oh, um, right. good call. But um, no, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, no, and the thing about a few good men is. You know, the, the, the classic scene, you know, I want the truth, you can't handle the truth, all that stuff. You know, that's a great example of, I think that's like a moment when something turned in Cruz's career because Nicholson is so wildly crazy, huge, over the top, and Cruz matches him blow by blow, right? You know, you know it's like, I want the truth. When he yells that, he's, he's so convincing. And that's yeah. like, he's never quite done that up until that point. Like that big, a perfect, like the ability to go that big without being completely fucking ridiculous um, is actually right. like a really important thing for an actor, especially like a leading man type. And after that point, Tom Cruise, I think becomes a better actor. Like I think Tom Cruise becomes a much better actor. Like it's like, yeah. like the fulcrum on which his career turns, you know? Yeah, he goes into like a, a high quality run after A Few Good Men. Yeah. He's in it like he's he's got a lot of great movies before A Few Good Men, but that's yeah. also when he's he's you know doing Days of Thunder, great yeah. movie, but he's doing like big movies too. And then after that, it feels like he's steering the ship in a way. Where yeah, he's got up until fucking... that point, he's like he's 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 you know he's he's Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, and then after that, he's like oh he's an actor, you know. Um, e- even his like one off like dumb like this movie has should have no staying power overall movies still like an example. I guess the specific example I'm talking about right now is the last samurai, a movie that should have, you know, aged very poorly and ostensibly has because of the whole like white savior, white samurai shit. But because it's Tom Cruise, you watch it. You're like, damn, this movie's fucking, I mean, and Ken Watanabe, who I have steals the movie out from steals the movie. And like just watching Tokyo vice and having him back. And you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's so good. But Michael Mann and Ken Watanabe, Tokyo Vice. Thank oh, you, God, heavens, for it's solving like, my issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and and I, I I will say, Last Samurai is one of those movies that like every once in a while I will watch because I'm like, no, no, this is this is fun. This is like this is actually really good. The thing I've heard is um, from like I, I occasionally interview stuntmen and and stunt people, and oh, the thing I've yeah. heard is that stunt people love that movie. Stunt people love that movie because it's just like it's got all the shit. They looked at the horseback riding, sword play. It's got all that stuff. It's got and cannons. It's got it, squibs. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It's, oh, it, it, they love that movie, and it's like it's like in like you know in kind of the working class quote unquote world of the stunt people. Like that's a classic. You know, last. Oh, time, that's right? cool. You know? I love hearing shit like that. I love hearing shit like that. Uh, it's it's uh, fun. I love. I, I honestly, nobody does it. Uh, but like. I, I wish somebody would do like a big Tom Cruise retrospective and just show all these things on a big screen again. I'm sure it's really hard because they're all big studio movies, you know? Yeah. They're all major studio movies, like from all different, all the different deals he's had over the time. Yeah. yeah like, but I would kill to see some of these movies on the big screen again, you know? Uh, last question before we go. Yeah. If you, what, like if you could pick Tom Cruise's next role, maybe it's just a, uh, you know, an archetypical character oh, in your God, mind, yeah. but like, what would you like to see Tom Cruise do? Oh my God. What a, what a good question. Oh my God. You know what I want Tom Cruise to do? I want him to play Elmer Gantry. Who's that? Elmer Gantry is the, is the novel. I, Burt Lancaster did a movie of Elmer Gantry. 
but it's like a, he's like a preacher. He's like a iron broomstone pre. Like I want him to be like a preacher. Like I want him to play. You know, that's that's good cast because yeah. I could I could see that I could see a southern accent T.J. Mackey like kind of guy who's but, but, got like yeah, but he's also about like a, God instead of misogyny. But, yeah, yeah, but he's also like a charlatan. You know, like it's it's like he you know doing something like that, or like remake you know Steve Martin's Leap of Faith. You know, one of those movies. Like I want to play oh, yeah, like yeah. like an old like a real sort of crazy. Either an old timey preacher or like an eighty style. You know. Um, you know, I mean, they, they they just did the uh, what do you call it, Tammy Faye movie, but like, right, you know, right, something about something. like, uh, you know, yeah. Tom Cruise's Pat Roberts, like a mega preacher like or something. Yeah, yeah like, that would be. Like, he could do a mega. Awesome. I mean, that probably be a little too close to home with the like, Scientology, <laughs> right, like, right, Scientology <laughs> video with him with like a giant like amulet around. Like, what was yeah. that? It's like I'm Sea so, Org awards you. <laughs> I'm so like one day, twenty years from now, like as the world is ending, like suddenly that video is gonna flash across right. the world's TV screens. And we're like, oh, fuck. We know what that this, means. This is, this is what it was all setting it up for. It's upon us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would like, and this is purely, I would like to see Tom Cruise in like a sort of, I, he's great in the firm. I, I miss that Tom Cruise. So I would love to see Tom Cruise like un- Op- uncovering a story or uh, or whistleblowing a controversy and have him be like built a character that builds to his like charisma and uh gravitas but that starts as like scared like i love that like the way he builds in the firm and i would like to just see that on the new badass tom cruise like oh, i yeah. just wa- i want i want to see him like pulling files out uh at like late night at a library and pouring over it like i just love that well, genre. you know there was that period when like every john grisham book got a movie right and yes yeah at a certain point i'm like <laughs> you know and it's so funny because in my mind i just assumed john grisham stopped writing books <laughs> right know? right it turns out like, he oh yeah it turns out and of course my mom is like a huge grisham fan and I, every time i would go to her house she, oh you got to read the new grisham I'm like, oh he's still writing books she's like of course he's like writing he co-wrote a book with bill clinton oh well yeah there's that stuff but um but like you know there are more john grisham books like surely we can get tom cruise for one of them you know dude if if i ever came into a shit ton of money i would just do some weird like schlock house that gets the rights to like a 10 bad Grisham books that he oh, doesn't yeah. like and just makes them like just pulls them off proficiently not even yeah. like because just, I, that, just hires a bunch of 75 year old former a-list directors right you know yep, exactly that's like to, that's fucking skittles to me this oh, yeah. fucking movie i could watch i could watch 100 uh, journalism like brockovich miss sloan it doesn't oh, yeah. even have to be like uh, about a story i give a shit about like i loved margin call you know oh, what i mean margin like, call is great <laughs> margin <laughs> yes. call is great i don't even understand money i was alive when the stuff in margin call happened and don't didn't understand it contemporarily uh. didn't understand it in the movie but i was like that's fucked up i'm glad you guys caught it <laughs> well you know what's funny is uh, my dad is an economist and i watched margin call with him and he was like this is actually one of the few movies that actually gets this stuff right that actually feels like it's made by people who, who understand how that world works oh that's um, awesome because a that's lot cool of those though. movies you know they're just like they, they don't understand anything about finance which 
is ironic. <laughs> you make that shit to make money, but um, but uh, but like Margin Call is actually one of the few movies made by someone who actually understands that stuff. So if you like, you like um, I mean, you like Michael Mann, you like journalism movies, you like courtroom. So I love the insider. insiders. Yeah, like, I just love the, and I'm a, and I love Russell Crowe. Oh my like, god, separately. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, like Pacino, I love Master you know. and Commander. Now, yeah, I mean, fucking oh, just, all the people in that are yeah. so great. Oh, yes, uh, dude, Bill guy, I appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, sharing awesome, your uh, yeah. wealth of Tom Cruise knowledge. This was such a, this was such a blast. Uh, if uh, listeners of my podcast want to uh, uh, read more of yours or see more or listen to more stuff you do, where where can they track you down? Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm primarily at Vulture, uh, Vulture, New York Magazine, you know, same outlet, basically, New York Magazine in print, Vulture.com online. On Twitter, I'm at, uh, at Belga Ibiri, B-I-L-G-E-E-B-I-R-I. <laughs> fun we'll spelling, tag, fun pronunciation. We'll tag you and, and yeah, we'll, put, yeah, sure. we'll put your author page uh, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the show notes. But uh, if you if you see Belga's name on another movie podcast that you uh, are thinking about listening to, download that episode. Trust me, dude's informed. It's fun to fun to listen. And th- this was a blast for me. I This podcast is so self-indulgent and this is a perfect example of peak self-indulgence. It's like, I enjoy this dude's opinions. How about I invite him over to sh- to talk about him uh, on my terms, not even leaving my house. So I appreciate you playing. That's awesome. Along, no, thank yeah. you. Uh, as always, you can listen to me on uh, Action Boys, um, my other podcast, Ben Rogers and Ryan Stanger, uh, actionboys.biz, or every Monday night live on Spotify Live uh, with The Movie Buff, where we're reviewing that week's uh, big move, uh, that weekend's big release. Uh, and I get to talk to you, the freaks, which is not a highlight for me, but apparently for you guys. Also, July 14th, 10.30 p.m., the premiere of my new travel show on True TV called 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Check it out. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. You wake up after a few years and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs>